Section 11 of The Book of a Thousand Nights and at Night, Volume 6. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Book of a Thousand Nights and at Night, Volume 6, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. When it was the five hundred and sixty-sixth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Sinbad the seaman thus continued. When I smote the serpent on the head with my golden staff, she cast the man forth of her mouth. Then I smote her a second time, and she turned and fled. Whereupon he came to me and said, Since my deliverance from yonder serpent hath been at thy hands, I will never leave thee, and thou shalt be my comrade on this mountain. And welcome, answered I. So we fared on along the mountain, till we fell in with a company of folk, and I looked and saw amongst them the very man who carried me and cast me down there. I went to him, and spake him fair, excusing myself to him, and saying, O my comrade, is it not thus that friend should deal with friend? Quoth he, It was thou who well nigh destroyed us by thy tasba and thy glorifying God on my back. Quoth I, Pardon me, for I had no knowledge of this matter, but if thou wilt take me with thee, I swear not to say a word. So he relented, and consented to carry me with him, but he made an express condition that, so long as I abode on his back, I should abstain from pronouncing the tasba or otherwise glorifying God. Then I gave the wand of gold to him, whom I had delivered from the serpent, and bade him farewell and my friend took me on his back and flew with me as before, till he brought me to the city and set me down in my own house. My wife came to meet me, and saluting me gave me joy of my safety, and then said, Beware of going forth hereafter with yonder folk, neither consort with them, for they are brethren of the devils, and know not how to mention the name of Allah Almighty, neither worship they him. And how did thy father with them? asked I. And she answered, My father was not of them, neither did he as they. And as now he is dead, methinks, thou hadst better sell all we have, and with the price buy merchandise, and journey to thine own country and people, and I with thee, for I care not to tarry in this city, my father and mother being dead. So I sold all the sheikh's property piecemeal, and looked for one who should be journeying thence to Bassorah, that I might join myself to him. And while thus doing, I heard of a company of townsfolk who had a mind to make the voyage, but could not find them a ship. So they bought wood and built them a great ship, wherein I took passage with them, and paid them all the hire. Then we embarked, I and my wife, with all our movables, leaving our houses and domains, and so forth, and set sail, and ceased not sailing from island to island and from sea to sea, with a fair wind and a favouring, till we arrived at Besora safe and sound. I made no stay there, but freighted another vessel, and transferring my goods to her, set out forthright for Baghdad city, where I arrived in safety, and entering my quarter and repairing to my house, foregathered with my family and friends and familiars, who laid up my goods in my warehouses. When my people, who, reckoning the period of my absence on this my seventh voyage, had found it to be seven and twenty years, and had given up all hope of me, heard of my return, and they came to welcome me and to give me joy of my safety, and I related to them all that had befallen me, whereat they marvelled with exceeding marvel. 
Then I forswore travel, and vowed to Allah the Most High I would venture no more by land or sea, for that this seventh and last voyage had surfeited me of travel and adventure. And I thanked the Lord, be he praised and glorified, and blessed him for having restored me to my kith and kin and country and home. Consider, therefore, O Sinbad, O landsman, continued Sinbad the seaman, what sufferings I have undergone, and what perils and hardships I have endured before coming to my present state. Allah upon thee, O my lord, answered Sinbad this landsman, pardon me the wrong I did thee. And they cease not from friendship and fellowship, abiding in all cheer and pleasures and solace of life, till there came to them the destroyer of delights, and the sunderer of societies, and the shatterer of palaces, and the caterer for cemeteries to wit, the cup of death, and glory be to the living one who dieth not. A translation of the seventh voyage of Sinbad the Seaman according to the version of the Calcutta edition, which differs in essential form from the preceding tale. Know, O oh my brothers and friends and companions all, that when I left voyaging and commercing, I said in myself, Sufficeth me that hath befallen me, and I spent my time in solace and pleasure. One day, as I sat at home, there came a knock at the door, and when the porter opened, a page entered, and said, The caliph biddeth thee to him. I went with him to the king's majesty, and kissed ground, and saluted him, whereupon he welcomed me, and entreated me with honour, and said, O Sinbad, I have an occasion for thee, wilt thou do it? So I kissed his hand, and asked him, saying, O my lord, what occasion hath the master for the slave? Whereto he answered me, I am minded that thou travel to the king of Sarandib, and carry to him our writ and our gift, for that he hath sent to us a present and a letter. I trembled at these words, and rejoined, By Allah the omnipotent, O my lord, I have taken a loathing to wayfare, and when I hear the words voyage or travel, my limbs tremble for what hath befallen me of hardships and horrors. Indeed, I have no desire whatever for this more by token as I have bound myself by oath not to quit Baghdad. Then I informed the caliph of all I had passed through from first to last, and he marvelled with exceeding marvel, and said, By the Almighty, O Sinbad, from ages of old such mishaps as happened to thee were never known to happen to any, and thou dost only write never even to talk of travel. For our sake, however, thou wilt go this time, and carry our present and our letter to him of Sarandib, and Inshallah, by God's leave, thou shalt return quickly, and on this wise we shall be under no obligation to the said king. I replied that I heard and obeyed, being unable to oppose his command. So he gave me gifts, and the missive with money to pay my way, and I kissed hands and left the presents. Then I dropped down from Baghdad to the Gulf, and with other merchants embarked, and our ship sailed before a fair wind many days and nights, till, by Allah's aid, we reached the island of Serendib. As soon as we had made fast, we landed, and I took the present and the letter, and, going in with them to the king, kissed ground before him. When he saw me, he said, well, come, O Sinbad, by Allah omnipotent, we were longing to see thee, and glory be to God, who hath again shown us thy face. Then taking me by the hand, he made me sit by his side, rejoicing, and he welcomed me with familiar kindness again, and entreated me as a friend. After this he began to converse with me, and courteously addressed me, and asked, What was the cause of thy coming to us, O Sinbad? 
So, after kissing his hand and thanking him, I answered, O oh my lord, I have brought thee a present from my master, the Caliph Harun al-Rashid, and offered him the present and the letter, which he read, and at which he rejoiced with passing joy. The present consisted of a mare worth ten thousand ducats, bearing a golden saddle set with jewels, a book, a sumptuous suit of clothes, and an hundred different kinds of white carine cloths and silks of Suez, Kufa and Alexandria, Greek carpets, and an hundred mons, weight of linen and raw silk. Moreover, there was a wondrous rarity, a marvellous cup of crystal, middlemost of which was the figure of a lion, faced by a kneeling man grasping a bow with arrow, drawn to the very head, together with the food tray, of Suleiman, the son of David, on whom be peace. The missive ran as follows. Peace from King al-Rashid, the aided of Allah, who hath vouchsafed to him and his forefathers noble rank and widespread glory, be on the fortunate sultan. But after... Thy letter came to our hands, and we rejoice thereat, and we have sent the book entitled Delight of the Intelligent and for Friends the Rare Present, together with sundry curiosities suitable for kings, so do thou favour us by accepting them, and peace be with thee. Then the king lavished upon me much wealth, and entreated me with all honour, so I prayed for him, and thanked him for his munificence. Some days after I craved his leave to depart, but could not obtain it except by great pressing, whereupon I farewelled him and fared forth from his city, with merchants and other companions, homewards bound without any desire for travel or companions, homewards bound without any desire for travel or trade. We continued voyaging and coasting along many islands, but when we were halfway, we were surrounded by a number of canoes, wherein were men like devils, armed with bows and arrows, swords and daggers, habited in mail coats and other armory. They fell upon us and wounded and slew all who opposed them, then, having captured the ship and her contents, carried us to an island where they sold us at the meanest price. Now I was bought by a wealthy man, who, taking me to his house, gave me meat and drink and clothing, and treated me in the friendliest manner, so I was heartened, and I rested a little. One day he asked me, Do thou know any art or craft? And I answered him, O oh my lord, I am a merchant, and know nothing but trade and traffic. Dost thou know, rejoined he, how to use bow and arrow? Yes, replied I. I know that much. Thereupon he bought me a bow and arrows, and mounted me behind him on an elephant. Then he set out as night was well nigh over, and, passing through a forest of huge growths, came to a tall and sturdy tree, up which he made me climb. Then he gave me the bow and arrows, saying, Sit here now, and when the elephants troop hither in early morning, shoot at them. Belike thou wilt hit one, and if he fall, come and tell me. With this he left me. I hid myself in the trees, being in sore terror and trembling nigh, till the sun arose, and when the elephants appeared and wandered about among the trees, I shot my arrows at them, and continued till I had shot down one of them. In the evening I reported my success to my master, who was delighted in me, and entreated me with high honour, and the next morning he removed the slain elephant. In this wise I continued, every morning, shooting an elephant, which my master would remove, till one day, as I was perched in hiding on the tree, there came suddenly and unexpectedly an innumerable host of elephants, whose screaming and trumpeting were such that I imagined the earth trembled under them. 
all surrounded my tree, whose circumference was some fifty cubits, and one enormous monster came up to it, and, winding his trunk round the bull, hauled it up by the roots and dashed it to the ground. I fell down fainting amongst the beasts when the monster elephant wound his trunk about me, and, setting me on his back, went off with me, the others accompanying us. He carried me, still unconscious, till he reached the place for which he was making, when he rolled me off his back and presently went his ways, followed by the others. So I rested a little, and, when my terror had subsided, I looked about me and found myself among the bones of elephants, whereby I concluded that this was their burial place, and that the monster elephant had led me thither on account of the tusks. So I arose and walked a whole day and night, till I arrived at the house of my master, who saw my color changed by stress of a fright and famine. He rejoiced in my return, and said to me, by allah thou hast made my heart sore i went when thou wast missing and found the tree torn up and thought that the elephants had slain thee tell me how it was with thee i acquainted him with all that had betided me whereat he wondered greatly and rejoiced and at last asked me dost thou know the place whereto i answered yes o my master so we mounted an elephant and fared until we came to the spot and when my master beheld the heaps of tusks he rejoiced greatly then carrying away as many as he wanted and he returned with me home after this he entreated me with increased favour and said o oh, my son thou hast shown us the way to great gain wherefore allah requite thee thou art freed for the almighty's sake and before his face the elephants used to destroy many of us on account of our hunting them for their ivories and soravellos but allah hath preserved thee from them and thou hast profited us by the heaps to which thou hast led us o oh, my master replied i god free thy neck from the fire and do thou grant me o oh, my master thy gracious leave to return to my own country yes quoth he thou shalt have that permission but we have a yearly fair when merchants come to us from various quarters to buy up these ivories the time is drawing near and when they shall have done their business i will send thee under their charge and will give thee wherewithal to reach thy home so i blessed and thanked him and remained with him treated with respect and honour for some days when the merchants came as he had foretold and bought and sold and bartered and when they had made their preparations to return my master came to me and said rise and get thee ready to travel with the traders and route to thy country they had bought a number of tusks which they had bound together in loads and were embarking them when my master sent me with them paying for my passage and settling all my debts besides which he gave me a large present in goods we set out and voyaged from island to island till we had crossed the sea and landed on the shores of the persian gulf when the merchants brought out and sold their stores i also sold what i had at a high profit and i bought some of the prettiest things in the place for presents and beautiful rarities and everything else i wanted i likewise bought for myself a beast and we fared forth and crossed the deserts from country to country till i reached baghdad here i went into the caliph and after saluting him and kissing hands informed him of all that had befallen me whereupon he rejoiced in my safety and thanked almighty allah and he bade my story be written in letters of gold i then entered my house and met my family and brethren and such is the end of the history that happened to me during my seven voyages praise be to allah the one the creator the maker of all things in heaven and earth now when Shahrazad had ended her story of the two Sinbads, Dinarzad exclaimed, O oh my sister, how pleasant is thy tale, and how tasteful, how sweet, and how grateful!
she replied, and what is this compared with that I could tell thee to-morrow night? Quoth the king, What may it be? And she said, It is a tale touching the city of brass. It is related that there was, in tide of yore, and in times and years long gone before, at Damascus of Syria, a caliph known as Ab Amalik bin Marwan, the fifth of the Amiad house. As this commander of the faithful was seated one day in his palace, conversing with his sultans and kings and the grandees of his empire, the talk turned upon the legends of past peoples and the traditions of our lord Solomon, David's son, on the twain be peace, and on that which Almighty Allah had bestowed on him of lordship and dominion over men and jinn and birds and beasts and reptiles and the wind and other created things, and quoth the caliph, of a truth we hear from those who forewent us that the Lord, extolled and exalted be he, vouchsafed unto none the like of that which he vouchsafed unto our Lord Solomon, and that he attained unto that whereto never attained other than he, in that he was wont to imprison jinns and marids and satans and cucurbites of copper, and to stop them with lead and seal them with his ring. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of the day, and ceased to say her permitted say. End of section 11